to open your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 12. We're going to look at this whole chapter. This is a very interesting time in the history of the Jewish people. But it's also an interesting time for those righteous Gentiles as well. It's a time of them being called in as one people. And we're going to see that in this scripture. So I want to encourage you as we bring this up. Genesis, Exodus chapter 12 verse 1. There we go. So y'all ready? You ready to take on the journey? The, pl the plagues are in place. We're going to see what happens. It says, Now Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month will mark the beginning of, beginning of months for you. It, I didn't finish. <laughs> Go back. For you, it is to be the first month of the year for you. So that confuses us right in the very beginning, right? All of a sudden we have the, this month is now the first month, but yet when do we celebrate the new year? And the ninth month, right? Go figure. So it says, tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for his household. Now here's the amazing thing with this. As we see this come together, we also realize how it will be a fulfillment of our Messiah. How on the tenth day of the month, he enters into Jerusalem. Right? And then over the next four days, he is brought before the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the high priest, right? Everyone judges him and they find him what? Blameless, not guilty. He was literally put on the cross, and his crime that he committed was what? King of the Jews. Right? He was found guilty of being king of the Jews. Not a bad thing since he was king of the Jews, right? So we see how this comes to place. And this, this scripture here that starts with Moses is going to be fulfilled with our Messiah. And so we see the importance of this. Go on to the next. But if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor are to take one according to the number of people. According to each person eating, you are to make your count for the lamb. Your lamb is to be without blemish. A year-old male, you may take it from the sheep or from the goat. So here again we see the uh, importance of them, again, picking the, the, the sacrifice, right? It is to be without blemish. Well, none of us can do that because I know I sinned. I probably sinned on the way here. I saw some cards in front of me. We're not going to go there, right? So we all have sin, but Yeshua was out sin. He, again, was the perfect example of that sacrifice, of what was to be brought about here. To go on to verse 6. You must watch over it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to slaughter it at twilight. Now what happens when you have an animal that you take into your house? I'm not talking about what they do with the poop and stuff. 
becomes a pet, right? You, you get attached to it. In four days, I guarantee you, within the first four minutes of that animal coming into your house, your kids have named it, right? This one's probably named Spot. No, it can't be because it's without blemish, right? Spotless, that's right. There you go. There you go. We, I wish my dog was spotless. <laughs> I've seen a lot of his spots, right? But we see here this beautiful picture of this personal relationship that we have with God, and that's what God wants with us. It's not just a, not just a commitment, it's a relationship. And he wants us, as we see in this scripture, there are going to be outward signs to show the world that we are a follower of him. He's telling us to keep this as an everlasting ordinance for a reason. Because we're to be a reminder not only for us what God did for us and our people, and I'm talking about Jew and Gentile alike, because guess what? There were Gentiles that came out too, right? So we're all in this together. And that's what God's showing us, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. And we're seeing as, okay, I pushed the button, my lights went down. Thank you, Whitley. Watch the elbow. I thought God was trying to tell me something for a second. Getting nervous, right? But this, this personal relationship we have with God is so important, and he wants it to be an outward sign to the world. So he's telling us to do these things so that we can remember him. Let's continue. Right? They are to take the blood and put it on the two, onto the two doorposts and on the crossbeam of the house where they eat it. So what are we doing? We're making a sign to the world saying what? This is the house of the God, right? The mezuzah that you put on your door shows that your house is a house of God. And I encourage you, Jew and Gentile alike, should do that mainly because it keeps the Jehovah Witnesses away. But that's another story. They are to eat the meat that night roasted on a fire. And with matzah and with bitter herbs, they are to eat it. So when we eat the Passover, there's only three things that we're required to do, right? The Paschal lamb, the bitter herbs, and the matzah. All the other things that we add are all man-made, right? But these are the three things that God had told us to do. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled or, or with water, but only roasted with fire, its head and its legs and its innards. Mmm. Some of y'all going, some of y'all are just getting along with that, aren't you? It wasn't just the lamb, right? So let nothing of it remain until morning, no leftovers. Right? This is not the turkey dinner you can eat for a month. Whatever remains until morning, you are to burn it with fire. So this, again, is something for the, the then and now. It's not to linger on. So God is reminding us of the importance of doing what he says, how he says it, and how he does it. Also, you are to eat it this way, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, you are to eat it in haste. It is Adonai's Passover. You know what's so interesting? Is how long is a Passover Seder now? Hours, right? But in reality, we're told that first one, they ate it in haste. They were, were ready. Why? Because they had to leave. The Egyptians had had enough of them, right? God had proven his point. The heart of Pharaoh had been loosened. 
and they're out of there. But it's interesting, as we're about to read, they didn't leave empty-handed. For I will go through the land of Egypt on the, that night and strike down every firstborn man, man uh, both men and animals, and I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. I am Adonai. Again, what was the purpose of all the feast, of all the plagues? Was to show the Egyptians that their gods were not true gods. They had taken them down. Remember, they thought Pharaoh was a god, right? And Pharaoh's son was a god. That's why when he struck this, he showed that even he has control over all the false gods. The blood will be a sign for you on the house where you are. When I see the blood, I will what? We are so creative on our names of feast, aren't we? We will pass over, I will pass over you. So there will be no plague among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now, does that mean that no is, uh, Hebrew died? Matter of fact, the rabbis tell us that some did. Why? Because they didn't do what God said. See, we have to have that outward sign to show the world that we believe. It's not enough just to be born it. We've got to live it. And that is the same as us as believers in Messiah. We need to what? Walk the walk, right? People should know by your walk that you're a believer. That's our outward sign. You don't have to wear a big cross and wear t-shirts and say, Jesus loves me or what, all that. It's by your walk, by your actions, people should know who you are. This day is to be a memorial for you. You are to keep it as a feast to Adonai. Throughout your generations, you are to keep it as a what? Eternal ordinance. How often should we do this? Forever. Once a year, forever. We got to eat matzah. Mmm. The cracker that, you know, I think we have some original matzah from when they ate it and it still tastes the same. For seven days you are to eat matzah, but on the first day you must remove hamets, the uh, yeast, from your house. For whoever eats hamet, I'm not saying it right today, hamets, thank you, from the first day until the seventh day, that soul will be cut off from Israel. So who wants to be cut off from, from our people? So this is a pretty strict ordinance, right? For seven days we are to eat it. You're to go through your house to make sure there's no yeast in the house, right? Which is a big problem because back then they didn't have Sam's and Costco, right? We like to buy in bulk now. Do you know the rabbis have made up a way to take care of that instead of having to throw it all away? There's two things you can do. You could sell it to your Gentile neighbor. And after Passover they have to give it back to you, but at the same price they cannot make any money on it. Right? Or you can set aside a place in your garage and keep it all there. But reality is, what are we supposed to do? Cleanse our house. So it, months before, you should start preparing for, for that so you don't have that issue. The first day is to be a holy assembly for you, as well as the seventh day. No manner of work is to be done on these days except what is to be done be eaten by every person that alone may be prepared by you 
So you, you, those days, are, two days are a day of rest, right? All we can do is make matzah food. Matzah brai. How many of y'all had matzah brai? How many of you know what matzah brai is? You don't know what matzah brai is? So you take eggs, you scramble it up, put a little milk in, and then you take matzah, and you crumble it up, and you cook it in the eggs. That's called, that's what it is. Matzah brai. It's very good. So you'll be all set with that. See, I just taught you a new one. There's, there's matzah everything. <laughs> so you are to observe the feast of matzah. For on this very same day I have brought you your ranks out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you are to observe this throughout your generations as an eternal ordinance. He has told us how many times now that we should do this. Twice, right? Why is he having to tell us twice? Because we're a stiff-necked and hard-nosed people, right? So he's reminding us that we're to do this. During the first, during the first month, in the evening of the 14th day of the month, you are to eat matzah until the 21st day of the month. For seven days, no hummets is to be found in your house. For whoever eats hummus, that soul will be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is an outsider or one who is born in the land. This goes for Jew and Gentile alike, right? Again, how many times has he told us this now? Twice. What is he trying to do? Prove a point. Make us remember this, right? You are to eat, you are to eat no hummus in all your houses. You are to eat matzah. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go select lambs for your family and slaughter the Passover lamb. You are to take a bundle of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and apply it to the crossbeam and to the door, two doorposts with the blood from the basin. None of you may go out the door of his house until morning. So you're stuck with your in-laws, too. God made us suffer a little bit for this, didn't he? Those of you who are not married, you will get that one day. Adonai will pass through and to strike down the Egyptians, but when he sees the blood on the crossbeam and on the door, two doorposts, Adonai will pass over that door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you down. Also, you are to observe this event as an eternal ordinance for you and your what? How many times has he now told us this? Three. When God says something three times, what does that mean? He's serious about it, right? Take this. To, this is going to happen. He's what he's basically telling us. So we've seen this now three times. He tells us this to remind us of the importance of keeping this feast. When you come into the land which Adonai will give you, as he has promised, you are to keep this ceremony. Now, when it happens that your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? You're going a little too fast. You are to say, this is the sacrifice of Adonai's Passover. Because he passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, 
when he struck down the Egyptians, but spared our households so that the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Where does that sound familiar? The four questions, right? You see, there you go, the four questions. The kids remember that. I, who does the four questions? The youngest at the table, right? You got to give, so that, I, I, I remember for years, I prayed that my, when my brother got married that he would have a child so, they can t so that the next one can take over, right? I had been doing it for a long time. But it's important that we see again where all this comes out and all these things we remember as the outward signs of what God had promised. Next verse. Then the children of Israel went and did it. They did just as Adonai had commanded Moses and Aaron. So it came about at midnight when Adonai struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh sitting on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn cattle. Then Pharaoh rose up in the, in the night he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house, a house where someone had not died. So he called for Moses and Aaron that night, and said, Rise up, go out from my people, both you and the children of Israel, go serve Adonai as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds, as you said, and be gone. But what? Bless me too. Isn't that interesting? God had hardened his heart this whole time, right? And now that it's revealed, what does he say to them? He wants a blessing from who? God. But he is a God, right? But he realizes now that he's not a true God. And he asked for a blessing from the true and living God. Now the Egyptians urged the people, sending them out of the land quickly, for they thought we will all be we will all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, with their needling bowls uh, bowls bound up in their cloth and on their shoulders. So the children of Israel acted according to the word of Moses. They asked the Egyptians for articles of what? Silver and gold and for clothing. Why did God want them to do this? They basically plundered the people without killing them, right? What do you do when you go to war? They plunder, right? But as we're going to see in the upcoming weeks, this same silver and gold and cloth are going to be used to what? build the temple and the, and the elements, and they give it freely to them, realizing that they will also give it freely to the temple for it to be used. Adonai gave the people favor in the eyes of the Egyptians and let them have what they asked for, so they plundered the Egyptians. <clears throat> then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 600,000 men on foot, as well as children. It should say as well as women and children, right? So how many people left Egypt? We know at least 600,000, right? How many went into Egypt? 
70, and there were already five there. She had 75, right? 430 years later, we, we, you had to estimate at least a million plus left the land. That's a lot of people. We were, they were fruitful and multiplied, didn't they? So I told you, don't make Jews work hard. All we do is have kids. I don't know how that works. But there's proof in the scripture. Also, a mixed multitude. Who's the mixed multitude? The righteous Gentiles, right? Those from the nation to believe that God was God. Maybe they were one of your ancestors, right? They were there, they saw it, and they left with Egypt, with the Israelites. They left Egypt. So go back, I wasn't done. Also the mixed multitude went up with them along with their flock, their herds, and their what? Heavy livestock. Then they baked matzah cakes from the dough that they had brought out of Egypt. It had not uh, yeast or hemmets uh, in it because it was uh, thrust out of Egypt and could not delay. So they had, so they had not made provisions for themselves. Now the time that the children of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. So it happened at the end of the 430 years to that very day that all the armies of Adonai went out from the land of Egypt. He's now calling us what? An army. Right? We're now seeing these people these tribes now becoming a nation. It was a night of watching for Adonai to bring them out of the land of Egypt. The same night is a night of vigil for Adonai for all of the children of Israel throughout their generations. Then Adonai said to Moses and to Aaron, This is the ordinance of Passover. No foreigner may eat it. But every manservant that is bought for money, after you have circumcised him, may eat it. So why do they have to be circumcised? Again, it's that outward sign to show that they're followers of God. We see the importance here. They may eat it. Next verse. Nor shall a visitor or hired servant eat it. It is to be eaten inside a single house. You are not to carry the meat out of the house, nor are you to break any of its bones. All the congregation of Israel must keep it. But if an outsider dwells with you, who would keep the Passover for Adonai, all his males must be circumcised. Then let him draw near and keep it. He will be like one who is native to the land, but no uncircumcised person may eat from it. So God's making this very clear. This is for those who believe in him. This is not for your friendly outsider, right? This is not for the sojourner. This is for those who believe that God did exactly what he said he did. The same Torah applies to the native as well as to the outsider who what dwells among you. This is a key point. What is this telling us? That if you are a Gentile and you have attached yourself to the children of Israel, like all of you who are here pretty much have, right? 
What does that mean? That the Torah is the same for me as it is for you. There's only one Torah. There's not two different ones. And for the Gentile that comes and says, your God is my God, your people are my people, where you go, I go, where you stay, I will stay. Does that sound like Ruth? Ruth was what? A Moabite. She was never Jewish. Don't let the rabbi, traditional rabbis trick you. They will say she converted. First of all, there is no way, there's nothing in Scripture that shows us how a Gentile can become a Jew. Right? But second, she's always called Ruth the Moabite. Right? Signifying, though, but we know her heart was to be with our people. And that is the key element that we see here as it all comes together. You are equal in God's eyes with the Jew, with the Hebrew. You're one, you have the same commandments you can follow as us. So all of the children of Israel did so. They did just as Adonai commanded Moses and Aaron. It was on that very day that Adonai brought the children of Israel out of the land of, of Egypt as armies. Again, he, what does he call us now here? Armies. He's preparing us for what is to come. Remember when they left Egypt, though, this army has what? What are they missing right now? No real weapons, right? They're an army of hands. A pretty massive group, 600,000 men. That's a pretty big army. But no weapons. How do we know that? We see them get silver and gold. We didn't see them get weapons, do we? But guess what? Stay tuned. Because God will provide. Amen? I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to understand what God's doing here. He wants that personal walk with you. <coughs> you must give that outward sign. That's what he's calling us to do today. To remember what he has done for us all the way back then. And most importantly, what he did for us in the future, which was to bring us his son Yeshua, that Paschal lamb. That lamb that took care of what God was doing. That's what he's calling us about. And that's what he's calling us for. So please remember this as God is calling you out. The way to start it is with Yeshua in your heart. And if you're ready for that, all you need to do is say a simple prayer. And God will redeem you. If that's you, all you need to do is say a prayer. Just raise your hand and say that prayer for the first time. Is there anyone, anyone at all? Anyone at all? Then Abba Father, we just come before you right now. Lord, we ask that you continue to let us be an outward sign for what you're calling us to do. Lord, let us walk your walk. 
in your son Yeshua's precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen.